Hi, it's Wendy Friesen, and I have a really cool show for you today. We're going to talk about some problems with negative, intrusive thoughts. We're going to solve the problem of lashing out and saying mean things to other people, and how you're going to quit drinking and get rid of your stress and sleep better, and birth, childbirth, where you let this baby float out of your body instead of having to squeeze it out without screaming and yelling and driving everybody nuts. We also have a one weird little trick that you can do to your brain to make you quit craving really crappy foods. So enjoy this, and you can find more about all of these at wendy.thinkific.com, W-E-N-D-I dot thinkific, think-I-F-I-C dot com. You'll see the uh, link right there in the text below. So I hope you enjoy the show today. Everyone who I mention in this show gets a $50 gift certificate. Yay! Well, hello, I'm Wendy Friesen, and this is Sleep With Me, where you actually get to close your eyes, relax your body, and sleep with me. How exciting is that? (laughs) Now you know by now. It's all about hypnosis and going into what we call sleep in hypnosis. What you do is you actually go into trance and you allow your conscious mind to drift away. You let your subconscious mind take over and you allow the words and the suggestions and ideas to make big changes in your life. If you are a fan of hypnosis, you already know what amazing things it can do for you. But today we have another episode of What's Your Problem? Where everyday normal people (laughs) give me a message and tell me what their problem is. And then I give you a solution for it. So you're going to benefit from this because there's a lot of different problems that people have that might be similar to yours or a process that I'll lead you through that will help you to use that with your problem. And then if you still can't figure out the solution, you can send me a message on this very discussion area and tell me what your problem is. Now, if I talk about your problem and it's exciting and weird and juicy or strange or quirky, whatever it is, you get a $50 gift certificate. Come on, how cool is that? All right, so let's go ahead and get started and find out what is your problem. Caitlin says she needs to deal with negative intrusive thoughts, both her and her teen daughter suffer from having a thought that comes out of left field and she says it puts us down or it tells us we can't do it or sometimes worse in capital letters, the word worse. So we know this is pretty serious. Um, I think a lot of people would benefit from hypnosis or another tool to shut that thought up. Yeah, absolutely. So Caitlin, I am really excited to help you because there is a very simple solution. There actually are three things that come to mind that I think that would be really excellent for your intrusive thoughts. Now, I don't know how bad it is when you say worse. I could assume that some of those thoughts are gruesome or scary or morbid or something like that. But we're just going to talk about basically what we can do to start this. So the question first is, are those negative thoughts an auditory thought, like is it a phrase or a voice that's telling you something? Or is it an image that you see, something that comes out of left field, but it's a very distinct and graphic image? Or is it an emotion that comes up and maybe that emotion wells up and it then has words or an image or it has some other reaction in your body? So I would like to know a little bit more about that. But what we want to do is we want to take 
all of the aspects of how the brain is finding that thought, what's triggering it, and not just stopping it, but we want to replace it. So you're not going to have to consciously try to stop that thought because you probably already know that doesn't work. Isn't that weird? Why can't we just like have control over these amazing brains we have and go like, okay, I'm not going to think that anymore, but it doesn't work that way. Poo poo. Well, we want to do, uh, three different things. One of them is called the swish process. And the swish process takes the part of your brain that you're going to focus on that has a very specific thought or feeling or experience or even a memory or something really horrible. And you're going to build this image in there and the emotion and any sounds and everything that's involved in that. So you're getting your brain to open up all the aspects of that memory And then we would create an entirely different scenario, and we do this like it's on two different TV screens. And on the other screen, we build something that is the thought that you want to have, which could be you with your arms up in the air, taking this deep breath, going, yes, I am free to think about clouds, (laughs) or whatever it is that you want. So first, we would want to find out what the feeling would be of freedom from those thoughts. What would you want to feel is that state of mind, state of body, the emotional state, instead of those intrusive thoughts. So for me, I'm looking up at the sky outside of the window right now, beautiful blue sky, white puffy clouds. There's just nothing there but open space and an expanse of a feeling of freedom. And and I would probably associate that with the freedom to have whatever thought I want. So let's pick now some words that are going to be your feeling of that freedom to think your thoughts of whatever they are. So what would the words be that mean something to you? Would it be a feeling of like, oh, peace? Or would it be a sense of, wow? And and something that gives you an emotional feeling, or would it be a, a word or phrase that says, yeah, I can do this. So you first find that phrase that feels like something for you. Now, what is the emotion you would want to feel? And the emotion would be something that's just really like a sense of clarity or a sense of ease or something that is like, like a big breath of wind that just blows away all the other intrusive thoughts and lets you feel that wonderful sense of calm. Okay, so we got those two. We have a phrase and an image. We're going to put an emotion in there. So now what we want to do is get you to open up the part of your brain that's having that intrusive thought. I'm going to do a brief example of this. Then you can um, have a link to a video that gives you the full process of doing the swish that is no charge. So if you want to close your eyes and play along, you can do that. You want to relax your body for a moment, take a few breaths. And as I said, this is an abbreviated version of this process. In front of you, you imagine that there is a screen, a TV screen, or it might be like a photo or even a movie screen. On this screen, you're going to put some things that represent intrusive thoughts. Maybe it feels like sounds and words that are coming out of left field, right field, all over the place. Maybe it's images in there that represent those intrusive thoughts. 
Perhaps it's feelings and emotions of how you feel when that happens. Maybe you put your hands over your ears or you shake your head, but something for you that represents what that feels like, what it sounds like, what it looks like. Now, once you've gotten all of those emotions, feelings, sounds onto that screen, you move it over to the left. After you move it over to the left, create a new screen in front of you. So on this new screen, I want you to put the things that we were just talking about, which is how do you look when you have freedom to think the thoughts you want and those old thoughts are no longer even a thing. They're not even there. Are you there with your arms up in the air? Are you looking at the clouds? Are you gazing over a beautiful ocean? Are you on a mountaintop watching a stream trickle down? What image has that feeling for you that like, yeah, I've got the freedom to think what I want. Those thoughts, those were a long time ago. They're not even a thing. Now put a phrase in there that means something to you, like it says, I've got the most peace. I have freedom in my mind. Whatever the phrase is that means something to you, and put that sound into that screen. Now put some emotion in there. What does it feel like to you? How does your body feel? So create that feeling in your body right now of having freedom to think the thoughts you want, to know that those old ones dissolve before they even come to your conscious awareness. So what's that emotion like? If you took a deep breath right now, and those thoughts are just gone, what is the feeling that replaces it? Now remember, you don't want to choose a negative feeling like, oh, it feels great that those thoughts are gone because then you're bringing your brain back to the connection of where those thoughts were originating. We want something totally new, right? And positive. Okay, so choose those words and put those words into that screen. And now you're going to take that screen of the freedom, we'll call it the freedom picture, shrink it down to a little tiny square. Now take the old screen, which is the intrusive thought screen, Move that back in front of you and put the little tiny square that is the freedom screen in the lower left corner. So now you have a big TV screen in front of you with the bad stuff. And in the lower left corner is a little tiny screen of your freedom image. So now what I would want you to do is while you're relaxed, your eyes are closed, you're not in a deep trance, but you're good and relaxed, you're going to let them switch. So when I count to three, the little tiny screen in the lower left is going to get big and it's going to cover the entire screen. It's going to come from that position in the lower left, expand and cover the entire screen of the negative things that you were feeling. So let's try that. Ready? One, two, three. You want to hear that sound in your mind when you have it change positions. Now the old screen should shrink down into the lower left corner. And that should happen at the same time. So let's practice it one more time. We have to reset it to the original position. So I want you to imagine a waterfall comes over that entire screen, washes it away. And there is the old setting with the intrusive thought um, image and square. And in the lower left is that freedom screen. Okay. So now we're going to let it change positions again. One, two, three, swish. 
And the image that contains all of the freedom of the thoughts you want to think has expanded and covered the old screen while the old one shrunk down into the lower left corner. In this process, you will do this um, exact procedure several times, but each time you're going to change it a little bit. You're going to change the color, the lack of color, the sounds and all that. And I'm going to have you go to the link that you'll see printed in this um, podcast that's going to take you to the free session of the Swish so you can experience it completely. So that's one process you would do. Now, another process is to get your brain to not access wherever it's producing those intrusive thoughts. One of the ways to do this is with a process that I have for self-talk. And basically it's to stop negative self-talk, which in this case, in your case, is negative thoughts, and replace them with something different and positive and get your brain to train itself to do this unconsciously before the negative thought even comes out. And now I want to describe to you the abbreviated version of how you're going to do that. So if you're in trance and you're relaxed, you have your eyes closed, and you just notice this negative thought come out, and you notice the sound or the voice, you notice where it's kind of coming from in your brain. Is it beside you, behind you, all around you? And you just observe it and let it gently come out, and now have it covered with a big red stop sign. And then I want you to let that stop sign just dissolve. And there in its place is your thought that you want to have. Now, if you're using this for negative self-talk, it would be the new phrase that you do want to have. So if you had something like you go like, oh, I'm so stupid, I'm always screwing up everything, you would see that stop sign come up and it would consciously and subconsciously remind you to stop that thought, not with force or power or resistance, but to be aware of it and then know that, okay, I can let that go. The stop sign dissolves. And now you replace it intentionally with a positive phrase that might be something like, I'm getting better and better at this. I'm smarter than I think, and I'm going to feel better about this every day. So now you have done that consciously, and we need to move it to an unconscious process that happens on a map. And this is where the hypnosis part of it is very, very important. So if you're going to work on this on your own, you're going to get into trance, you're going to allow yourself to have some of these intrusive thoughts come into your awareness and allow them to have that stop sign that comes up, it dissolves away, and you put an image or a thought or the words that you do want to have but you do it in a way that's very gentle and automatic. So you practice that several times while you're in trance and you're training your subconscious mind to do this below your conscious awareness and before you're even aware of the old negative or intrusive thought. We have to replace it with something. So we're teaching the part of the brain because we do know that the brain is very compartmentalized in where it creates certain things. And we want to get that part of the brain that was producing those thoughts to have a new automatic reaction. So if you do this enough for maybe a good 15 minutes or so while you're in trance, your brain is actually going to learn to replace that with the new positive thought, letting the old one dissolve. I know you've probably heard that what you resist persists. 
And if you keep trying to resist these thoughts and push them away and try to use sheer willpower and force, it's not going to work. So we want this to happen gently, automatically, and do it while you're in hypnosis. I hope that those two things help you and that you actually do the processes so that you can experience the changes that happen automatically and below your conscious awareness. And of course, if you want more help with this, I am glad to help you out. And Miss Caitlin, you do get a $50 gift certificate. How cool is that? (laughs) Thank you for the great question. All right, let's see what we have next. All right, Daria, you are next. Yay, Daria, you get a $50 gift certificate because I'm going to talk about your problem. We're going to just tell the world about what the heck is wrong with you. (laughs) This is an easy one. Daria says, my problem is snapping at my family instead of taking the time to select the response. The solution for this is amazingly simple. If you would like to make it um, a more comprehensive and thorough experience, you can look at my program that's called Chill Out. And Chill Out will help you create responses in you that makes you, first of all, not have that anger that creates that response, but also to take this breath and this moment that removes you from the emotional part of the experience so that you can think logically or lovingly or compassionately. So basically what I want you to do, Daria, and anyone else who wants to do this, close your eyes and take a few breaths right now. Just let your body relax, let your eyes melt into your cheeks. And while you may be going into a really nice state of trance, you might also just be in a very light state of relaxation and either one is fine. So if you have a problem with anger, as you're relaxing and listening to my voice, I want you to notice your usual response as if you're watching yourself do that right now. So see yourself moving around in a room in your house. Notice the sounds that are around. Notice your emotional state that you're observing in yourself. I want you to be watching yourself in this situation. Notice the sound of your voice. And notice what other people are doing. There's someone that's going to do something that's going to make you snap at them. And it happens before you feel you have control to stop it or choose something more helpful or more positive. So just observe yourself doing that, lashing out, feeling bad, knowing that you wish you didn't say that, looking in their eyes of whoever it is that received your harsh response and seeing what it did to kind of shut them down and stop the conversation or put a bit of a dent in the relationship. Now, just let that whole scene kind of be covered with clouds or some waterfall or something. Just let that whole scene go for a moment. And I want you to put yourself back in that situation where you're watching yourself and you're noticing what is around you. But now you're going to observe this happening with you having this breath of compassion. So allow your inner mind to have this moment where you hear something or observe something. And it's something that you would like to be more understanding about. So when this happens, your subconscious mind just stops 
and has a breath of compassion or a breath of understanding. Whatever they're doing, whether it's right or wrong, doesn't matter right now. You're going to allow your inner mind just to take that breath. Now in slow motion, notice your subconscious mind giving you a different response. What is helpful? What will create a better relationship? What will help this person understand what I really do want rather than lashing out? What is a question that I can ask that will help them feel accepted rather than shut down? Good. So now I want you to continue to watch yourself doing that and take yourself into another scenario where you would have lashed out or been angry or snapped at a family member. So just observe right now, there you are, something is happening, and without even having a moment to think about it, you've said something really negative or harsh. You notice their response, their face, what it does to the conversation and to your relationship. Now I want you just to wash that away and reset it for the situation you're in, where there you are, and this person is doing something that you don't like, and immediately your subconscious mind gives you that breath of understanding, that breath of compassion. So you don't say a word, you just feel that breath automatically, unconsciously coming up. And you're able to choose what you say that is helpful or positive, or you ask a question like, why are you thinking that way? What is it that you really need? How can I help you with that? So notice that feeling of compassion that you have right now as you watch yourself be compassionate, wise, or understanding. And you're going to let your inner mind choose a response when you take that breath of understanding and that breath of compassion. You'll notice that that moment that you get to stop and breathe is going to allow you to ask a question, offer a suggestion, or look for something that is understanding about why that's happening or offer to help. Now you can allow your inner mind to let this grow and expand so that you'll feel it happening naturally, can't you? Yes, you can. So you can let that happen and in the next few hours and days you'll notice that it begins to be automatic. You want this and you allow this to happen and you want this to be created and useful in your subconscious mind, in your life and in everything you do during your day to create better relationships with the people you love. So go ahead and take a nice deep breath and bring your awareness back to the room now. Good. So now that was a very short version of how you're going to create this compassionate little space that stops you from lashing out but allows you to find that part of you that is compassionate and understanding and wise that does want to continue to support a really loving relationship with your family. So nice question, Daria. Thank you so much. And... You get a $50 gift certificate for being brave. (laughs) All right, let's see what else.
Here's a question that is about one of my favorite topics. It's from Jen P. Congratulations, Jen. She says, hi, Wendy. I would love to have a script to use like Gerald Kine's waking hypnosis in childbirth so the moms are not feeling the pain, can walk around, talk, and be comfortable throughout. So like hypnoanesthesia for birth. Yeah, and I just, I love childbirth with hypnosis because I know the birth of my two children, I didn't know hypnosis. And hmm, and it was... um. It was pretty tough. I had been indoctrinated with some of the birthing classes in how painful it would be and how hard it can be and a lot of the negative images and such. But there is something so different in using hypnobirthing. And she mentions Gerald Kine's waking hypnosis in childbirth. And unfortunately, Jerry Kine left us recently. He had a he had some heart problems and he passed away not long ago. And he was an amazing man. I am honored to have him as my friend and mentor as well. <sighs> so here's what, here's some scenarios for childbirth with hypnosis. One scenario, and the one that I like to use, is that the woman is going into trance the moment she feels the contraction starting. So I create a trigger that when that contraction is starting, when she feels that first little squeezing pressure and that sensation, she's going to close her eyes, her body is going to go nice and loose and limp, relax, and just melt into it with no pain and only pressure. The moms that have done this do get to a point where they achieve only pressure and it's not pain, which I know for a lot of you listening to this who have had babies with natural childbirth, you're like, oh, no way. But it is true, and it does happen. So one of my clients that had come to me in person for the classes, she had to go have a stress test where she was induced for a short amount of time, so she was to have a certain amount of contractions to find out what the condition of the baby is under stress. So she's using the hypnobirthing work that we did together, and as soon as she feels that contraction coming... Um, which we can call a wave or just pressure. We don't want to call it a contraction because that's a word associated with pain. But as soon as she did that, she would just close her eyes and she would just let herself melt. When the contraction is over, she opens her eyes and she's fine and alert and wide awake. Well, while they're doing this, they're increasing the amount of, I think it's Pitocin they were giving her to induce contractions because the people observing her think that she's not really having contractions because she's way too relaxed. And I think she should be having like some serious reaction to this. So after a few contractions of feeling that relaxed and them talking to her about it, she decided she would not do her hypnosis trigger when she felt the next one starting. So she went ahead and let herself feel the full contraction. And she said, it was so painful. I, without doing my hypnosis trigger, I felt the full pain and intensity of this contraction. It was just terrible. And on the next contraction, she again called it a wave or just pressure. She closed her eyes, went into trance with that trigger and didn't feel it. She just felt the pressure. So it was really good proof to her that indeed she was doing something that was really effective and was having a really profound, um, you know, uh, removal of the pain issue associated with childbirth. Now, the other thing with childbirth is that 
there's so much resistance because of the pain and the intensity of the experience that the body is also contracting the hips and the pelvis and and all the areas of the rib cage and the back and everything is just so tight as a re- result of you know the intensity of it. So if you're doing hypnobirthing, you're going to have your body being very relaxed. And one of the imagery things that we do is during that contraction, you're imagining that your pelvis area is like a rosebud and that rosebud is opening like a time-lapse video. So you're seeing this little rosebud and the petals are opening and opening and opening and opening. And you create that imagery in your pelvis so that everything involved, the birth canal, the cervix, the hips and the joints, everything is being receptive to opening, 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 unfolding and opening. Doing this, you remove the resistance that the body has that sometimes really counteracts the natural need to push that baby out. So that is the thing that you want to do. So what you're asking about, Jen, when you're saying that you want it to be a waking hypnosis so they can walk around and talk and be comfortable, you absolutely can do that, and you should be doing that. Your client doesn't need to be in trance for the entire labor because that would be kind of ridiculous. But as soon as the, the contraction is over, and of course you're not calling it a contraction in your hypnosis training, but as soon as it's over... You allow them to immediately just open their eyes and take a breath and they're fully aware, having fun, you know, having conversations. And the moment that that next wave comes, their eyes close, they go right back down. So this is really good. And of course, with um, childbirth with hypnosis, you have to work on releasing any old fears, previous experiences, things that they've been told and taught about how horrific childbirth is, movies, TV shows, anything that portrayed that. So you've got to release that out into the ether so they can create a different experience in their body. One of the births I attended was with a client of mine who had a few children and she was really, really afraid of having another one because it was just too intense and painful for her. So she was having the baby at her house with two midwives that were there. And in the bedroom, she had a tub that had been set up so she could have a water berth. And it wasn't a big enough tub for her to move around in. It was very narrow. And she decided to stay in trance the entire time because she just did not want to go through labor again. So I got there when she was a couple of hours into labor, and she's pretty far along, and it was moving very, very quickly. She was doing all the hypnosis stuff I had taught her, and she was listening to a recording as well to help her stay in that trance state. So now, since she was progressing so quickly, um, it was very interesting to see that there was not an expression on her face. There was not a flutter of an eyelid. There was no movement in her arms or hands. She was truly completely relaxed and in this state of trance. So the midwives think, well, she must not be progressing because she's laying there so calmly. And they would check her to see how dilated she was and knew that she was progressing actually quite well. So after laying there for maybe another hour, and again, just not even a flinch in her face, which is just amazing. Um, she says <laughs> very sweetly, I'm ready to push now. And she it was three or four pushes and that baby was born, just floated out, which is really typical among hypnobirthing babies. They just seem to float out because there's so little resistance in the body. And if our some of our birth problems 
with labor taking so long or pushing for so long is because of our own resistance and our fear of what we've been taught, what we've been told, what we've seen. You know, if it's if if our natural state is to let the babies float out, we need every mom to experience this and to get to use hypnobirthing. It's easy, it's inexpensive, it um, it's something that is the greatest gift you can give your baby because they're born into a really beautiful, calm environment without the screams and the grunts and the groans and, you know, no forceps and no, you know, no intervention so much. So anyway, good job, Jen, on a great question. And you get that gift certificate. And thanks for um, asking about hypnobirthing. And if you are a practitioner and you're helping people with hypnobirthing, that is the way to do it. Feel free to ask me some more questions about it if you need to. All right, our next question is from Krista T. Krista has some issues. Yeah, when I asked what's your problem, she has a problem. <laughs> she, um, it's actually a very common problem that a lot of people have. It's about binge eating. She says, I've had a long-standing issue with food, binge eating, overeating, emotional eating, and all-around food obsession. I just can't seem to get a hold of the constant food mania and find a permanent way to normalize my thoughts and behaviors around food. I know that a lot of my issues stem from long periods of deprivation and fast cleanses, food rules, extreme dieting. However, I no longer restrict food in any way, yet the habit is still firmly locked in place. It's been nearly eight years. This constant struggle... I'm so tired of it. I would love if you could address this issue on your podcast because I really want my life and my waistline back. Thanks, Krista. Well, Krista, there are many things that you can do. Um, And, you know, food is a complex issue, of course, in our society when these companies are spending millions of dollars to make sure that if you eat one Cheeto, you're going to eat a hundred more because they make the, the food so addictive, not just the flavor, but how the chemicals react in your mouth and in your brain and in the textures. And they do everything they can to make food so addictive. Then the advertising, you know, that is like hypnotizing you to want these foods and getting your brain to be so engaged in craving these foods. But the good news is we can reverse it. And I have so many times. One of the easiest processes to start with, and this one isn't going to end all your emotional issues with food, but The one to start with is called the Appetite Zapper. And this was created, I believe, by the Andreases, Tom and Connie Ray. So what you want to do is you imagine a food that you're going to eat. And and the brain in this process is just so amazing how it can create this entire scenario. So if you want to, you can follow along while I describe it. And then you can do the entire process properly um, with the recording with your gift certificate. Yes. So anyone who wants to, you can go ahead, close your eyes and let yourself experience this so you'll know what we're creating. So the first thing is, um, and again, this is an abbreviated version of it, but get yourself into trance, get your subconscious mind engaged, take a few breaths, let your eyes close and feel your face just melt and feel your shoulders drop and continue to relax as you hear my voice. So now I want you to imagine a food that you really like to eat, but you know it's not good for you. So maybe it's a food like 
a hamburger that's got all this fat and cheese and bread and all this stuff, or maybe it's some fast food that you eat a lot, or maybe it's a big bag of chips, or whatever it is that's kind of your weakness, whatever your mind goes to. Now, while it might be a food that has some nutritional value, it may be also a food that isn't really that good for you in general. Right now, I want you to imagine eating it. Taste it. Feel the bite in your mouth, the texture, the smell. Feel yourself swallowing that food. Let it go down into your body. And notice how it feels as you're eating that food. Take another bite and chew it up. Notice the texture, the taste, the feeling, and let yourself connect energetically to that food, to all of the ingredients in that food, all of them that are not very compatible with your body or that have some nutritional value but other aspects of it that just are not that healthy. So you take some more bites and continue to eat it. Now I want you to let your mind take you to a point in time that is two hours after having eaten that food. You don't have to know how to do this. Just allow your mind to do this. So when I count to three, your body and your brain and your mind is going to go to a point that is two hours after having eaten that food. Ready? One, two, three. That food has metabolized in your body, gone into your bloodstream, into your brain. It's two hours after eating that food. Notice how you feel. Notice the state in your brain. Is it alert or fatigued? Notice the feeling in your body. What sensations do you feel two hours after eating that food? Now clear that feeling out. Just let it go. And imagine another food that's not very good for you, but that you'd like to eat. Something that you binge on or you eat way too much of. Something that you feel that you can't resist. So notice that food in front of you and notice how it smells, how it looks. The color the anticipation, and start taking a few bites of it and feeling it in your mouth, the texture, the taste, the smell. Chew that food. And notice that while it might taste good, there's feelings you have about it. And you know that your inner mind understands all the ingredients and components of that food. Your energy body knows exactly what the energy of that food does to affect you physically, mentally, spiritually. So go ahead and eat some more. Go ahead and eat some more. Keep swallowing it until you've eaten a good amount of that. And now when I count to three, you're going to go to a point that is two hours after having eaten that food. Ready? One, two, three. Two hours later, notice what that food has done to your brain, your thoughts, your physical sensations in your body, your level of energy or lack of it, your vision, everything about it. Notice how you feel two hours after having eaten that food. Okay, good. And I want you to let that go. I want you to just to take a deep breath and let that feeling completely get blown out of your body. Ready? Good.
Now, doing the full process of this, you would do many, many more foods that are your trouble foods, but we're going to go ahead and shift you into a food that is healthy, something that you know is really good for your body and your brain, something that has the nutrients and energy of live, fresh vegetables or something that has really clean proteins. So have that food in front of you now, imagining that food and what it looks like and smells like, how you anticipate the flavors. Now take some bites of that food and notice how it feels in your mouth, the texture, the flavor, the aroma. And notice how you feel about eating that food and you swallow it, let it go into your belly. Take a few more bites of that food and notice how it feels as you eat more of it. And now as that food is going all the way into your body and affecting you, you're going to go to the moment in time that is two hours after having eaten that food. When I count to three, let your body, your brain, your mind, your energetic body go to the point two hours after eating that food. Ready? One, two, three. Good. Notice how your body feels. Notice how your brain feels. Notice your energy level. Notice how your brain feels, if it's clear, or your eyesight, bones, joints, muscles. Good. Now, I want you just to open your eyes and bring your awareness back here. Take a deep breath. And in this short version of this process, the difference of how that food affected you, even though you didn't eat any of it, your brain knows what that food is, all the ingredients in it, how it's going to affect every cell in your body and the energy of your body. And it knows that two hours later, after you've digested that food and it's at its peak and giving you the energy or lack of it or sluggishness or clarity, and that's how you feel. So you probably noticed a big difference in how you felt after the first two foods that were the ones that were not so good for you and the one that was really good for you. So now when we do this process in the full length one, you go through many, many different foods and then I ask your inner mind to create an automatic response to the food that you're about to eat. If it's something that is not healthy, not nutritious, below your conscious awareness, it is going to remove the desire from it because you don't want that feeling that is sluggish or tired or achy. And to get your inner mind to switch to the desire for the foods that make you feel good, that are healthy, and that are nutritious, and that are compatible with your body. So by doing this several times with a whole bunch of different foods, we get your brain to have this automatic response. And to make it even better, if you were getting ready to order food and you're looking at a menu, we're going to let your mind assume that it knows what the nutritional impact is going to be on your body, and if that food is something you need right now or that you would want. And what happens with most people who do this process is that they automatically don't crave those foods that are bad for them, and they just seem to want healthy, nutritious foods. So here's a couple examples. This woman that was in my office doing this process, and she had had such a problem with eating candy all the time and sweets and such, So we did this process and she went home and she called me when she got home and she said, Wendy, what's wrong with me? 
And I said, what do you mean? Are you okay? And she said, yeah, well, this is just really weird. Like, I have this box of C's candy, these chocolates that I keep hidden in a really high cupboard. And of course, you know, I'm thinking like, well, they're not really hidden if you know where you hid them. <laughs> but she says, I got them down um, from the cupboard and I've opened them up and I can't eat them. What's wrong with me? I just can't eat them. I said, well, that sounds like a very good thing. <laughs> if you can't eat them, that's not a problem. So just go ahead and, you know, put them away, throw them away, give them to someone else. You're done with that because your, you know, your mind knows that you don't need that. And you want something else. She says, I know I'm just, I've been drinking so much water and I'm really feeling like I want some veggies or something. Another one of my clients that did this process with me, she <laughs> went home and and a few days later, she called me and says, you know, this is really, really weird. Um, in my family, myself and my kids, we just don't eat veggies, like hardly ever. And that's definitely been one of my problems is I just don't eat veggies much. But it's the it's strange. I had this automatic, like, compulsion to go buy vegetables from the store. And I've been cutting them up for snacks. And when the kids come home from school, I've cut up veggies and some healthy dips for them for snacks. And I'm eating vegetables. And I didn't like vegetables before, but now I'm just craving them and they taste so good and feel so good. Isn't that fascinating? Just this one process can change the kind of foods that you eat and gently and just kind of naturally make you forget about those foods that you don't want. So you're not fighting it anymore. You're not going like, oh, Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah, baby. No, I can't eat that. Yes, I can. No, I can't. You know, there's just, there's no battle. It's just kind of a done deal. Like you imagine that woman with her box of seized candy chocolates and that, you know, and, and, and going like, what the heck? I don't want to eat these. So there's another thing, Krista, that is really important with all of your food issues. And it is a matter of having many more sessions that take care of the emotional aspect, the self-sabotage. The things that created the cravings, like emotions that are triggered to these cravings because they might have connected with certain events or experiences or relationships either, things that are really sad and devastating and food was your comfort or feelings of excitement and joy and celebrating and food was your reward. And so we want to get rid of those kind of attachments and get food to be about nutrition. You know, and also food is celebration as well, of course. You know, we don't want to get rid of that completely, but we don't want you reaching for that every time you're sad or every time you're excited or every time you're nervous that food isn't the answer. It is a choice that keeps your body balanced and healthy and feeling good and let go of cravings for things like sugar and unhealthy carbs and all the things that keep us sluggish and overweight. All right, Krista, good job. You definitely get a gift certificate. Next question, and the final one is from someone named Tequila. Tequila, what a cute name. Says, you were asking about problems. I'm a single straight male who does drag. I've been single now for almost three years. I have a high-stress job, and when I come home on the weekends, I just fall apart, often drinking a fair bit and not sleeping. I also have a physical disability, so this behavior is rather destructive. I'm not liking myself much these days. Well, tequila, you definitely have an interesting lifestyle, and I'm, you know, drinking doesn't alleviate the stress in the way that we want it to. In the short term, it does a little bit. But 
the the drinking is certainly trying to help you to escape from the stress or the real problem that you're not dealing with, you know, and it helps numb us out, and that's why we do it. It works pretty well until it causes problems. So the problem is that you're not sleeping well. So if you're not sleeping well, you're having more stress and you don't have the time for your body and your brain to recharge and regenerate. I know you know all this. This is not a mystery. But the alcohol, the insidious thing about it is that it is waking you up and keeping you from having really good sleep. Having sleep while you're intoxicated is not the kind of sleep that repairs and restores and regenerates our body and our brain. So yeah, quitting drinking eh, can be a tough one, you know. People who have been heroin addicts and alcoholics, they say the alcohol is way harder to quit than heroin. But we want to take a different approach to this because I've been doing addiction work for drugs and alcohol for 20 years and the thing that happens when we change the switches and the triggers in the brain and we change the belief about alcohol and addiction and relapse, um, we get a totally different response. If you were to come home and you're thinking, okay, I need a drink first thing, that's it. If we had set up something in your brain that flipped a switch that said, if I see alcohol, think about alcohol, think about having a drink, instead what I realize is that there's things that are more important to me, that I love my health, I love being good to my brain. Alcohol no longer has any power over me. I am powerful in what I want and what I love in my life. So this is what we would build in a part of your brain, the part that was craving the alcohol and like overlapping it, doing this overlay of what you do want and that that does not include any struggle with alcohol. It's just not a thing. You just don't want it anymore. So this is, um, I can't really do the process with you here because it's, there's several components to it that we have to work on to make that happen. But what happens for people who have done this work with me is that because we get their brain to associate anything that has to do with alcohol, the thought of alcohol, the smell of alcohol, the sound of ice tinkling in a glass or driving by their favorite bar, the things that are normally triggers, we create a totally different outcome when these triggers come up. And in order to do that, we have to first create this outcome in your mind while you're in hypnosis so that it is very full and rich and has the physical health that you love, the things that you're doing in the future because you quit drinking and and how good it feels to have such a healthy body and, and how deeply committed you are to knowing that nothing can take this great feeling away from you, that you own this. If you create that as vividly as possible, emotionally, physically, spiritually, energetically, mentally, and you have your brain experience it as if it's already happened, and you move around in this future moment where you're free from alcohol, it's been like a year and you never missed it and you just love having this kind of life and this kind of feeling in your body. And then we take that experience and we connect that to the things that were triggers that we're triggering you to want to drink, but instead we're now connecting those triggers to the thing that you love about your life in this future moment, the emotions, 
the self-talk, the physical sensations, the pride, the commitment, the accomplishments. But if you haven't ever created that scenario in that future self, you don't have any way for your brain to reach for those fabulous positive feelings of being healthy and strong and in control. And in, in that future self, what I do is I have you connect each of those phrases or words, healthy, strong, and in control, with a very specific state of mind. And since we're doing it in hypnosis, the word healthy isn't just about having a healthy body or brain. It's about something that is so important to you that you honor so deeply in your experience. And the word strong, it's not about like, yes, I'm strong, I can do this. It is about what strength really means to you and how that's affected you in your life, not just because you quit drinking, but because you're doing things that really do show your strength, your strength of commitment, your strength of character, the strength of just who you are in every aspect of your life. And then we have the phrase of in control, and we let that be easy. It's easy to be in control. It comes naturally. It's just something that you do and that you are. We don't want it to be a battle. So, so we create these things that are positive. We now have this place in your brain that holds all the values, the beliefs, the experiences of your future self already having accomplished this. And we connect it to the thought of, the sight of, the smell of, the sound of alcohol or a bar or a liquor store. So this woman wrote to me that had used the program at home and she says, you know, it's the weirdest thing. When I'm in the grocery store and I'm going down the aisle where all the wine is, she says, I was so scared that if I quit drinking, I just can't even go to the grocery store because there's so much wine. She says, I feel like dancing. I'm so free from it. I just want to dance. I'm so happy. Well, imagine that all these bottles of wine made her want to do her happy dance instantly. She didn't have to try to do a happy dance. It just made her want to dance. Another client was at a conference. He had quit drinking about a little more than a month earlier with my program. So he's sitting at the bar having his club soda and a colleague of his, who didn't know he'd quit drinking, came over, sat down next to him, and ordered him his favorite whiskey, waved the glass under his nose. Now, you know that that olfactory sense, which is the sense of smell, has some really powerful ways to trigger the brain to feel or do something. You know, it's one of the most powerful triggers we have. When he smelled it, it connected with his entire self of strong, healthy and in control subconsciously. He didn't have to make it happen. He said, when I smelled that, I knew I'm just totally good. I got this. It just made me feel stronger, healthier, happier. So the smell of it triggered me to feel more proud, more committed, all the things that he wanted. And there was no desire for the alcohol. Another client had, um, he had quit a case a day of beer so I guess it'd be 24 beers. And he quit, and then he still had a six-pack of beer in his fridge. So he said it was a couple months later, and someone came over to my house, and they opened the fridge, and there was beer in there, so they had a beer. And I said, what? There's beer in my fridge? <laughs> his mind just kind of like, poof, not even a thing. There's beer in there. So a few days later, I decided to have a beer. So I opened the beer, poured it in a glass, and I had two or three sips, and it just sat there 
And so there wasn't any like struggle or, oh my God, what'll happen if I have this beer? It was just, yeah, I want to just taste the beer. And he said, I didn't even try really. It's just, I took a few sips and I didn't finish it and poured the rest out. So it wasn't like, oh no, I've had a drink. What am I going to do? I'm going down the deep, dark hole. I'm going to have to go to meetings again and stand up in front of everybody and say, I'm an alcoholic and I have a disease and whatever. So we need to get rid of all those beliefs and all of the struggle and the stories that you've heard if you've been to meetings or rehab or anything else. We've just got to stop doing that and replace it with something that we know works. It is based on the science of how the brain works. And you can experience this. And it's not difficult to make it happen. But I do have an addiction freedom program, which is the freedom from your addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol. And it really is about getting you to have that brain state that gives you that sense of freedom. So quit struggling. If you know anybody who's struggling with it, you want to sleep really, really good at night. Tequila, this is your... (laughs) this is your answer. I was just laughing because I was thinking, wait a minute, your name is a liquor. It's tequila. But um, hopefully that won't get in the way. And your name, tequila, can actually be a positive anchor that actually triggers those feelings of being strong and healthy and in control. So whenever you hear that, you realize, ah, I've got it. I'm free. I love being healthy and strong and in control. Now, notice if you are wanting to quit drinking or you're, you have a drug problem or you had a drug problem, but you still have cravings. Notice that there's no talk about what you're not going to do, such as I'm not going to have a drink when I get home. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go for a run. I'm j- I can do this. I've got to be strong and I can overcome this alcohol problem. Or if you say, okay, I'm I'm not going to call my dealer. I'm not going to go hang out with those guys because I'm, I'm not going to do, I don't know, crack or heroin or whatever you do, you know. So the the point is here, you aren't going to try to not do it. You're going to use language, thoughts, and images that support you not doing it. But typically that's really hard to, how do you not do something or tell yourself you're not going to want that, you know? And that's been the tricky thing with addiction. So a friend of mine was recently in a rehab that they have these speakers that are AA speakers and they go around to different rehabs and they go and speak. So the two guys that were the speakers, one of them says, you know, I've been um, sober for like 20 years, but I just thought of a glass of champagne. If I see someone with a glass of champagne, man, that would taste good. I got to tell you that that just, you know, and the other one, apparently said to him, same thing, but about scotch. He says, yeah, you know, I sure love a glass of Johnny Walker. And he said, even after 12 years, oh man, just having a glass of scotch, that'd be so good. So here they are presenting themselves as the experts at being free from alcohol. And they are embedding the very thing that these people do not need, which is setting them up to think that they're going to want the glass of champagne or the glass of whiskey that even when they've been free from this for 10 years or 20 years, they're still going to be wanting this. And they're doing this in these rehabs that are causing people to absolutely project that they're going to be having cravings and they're never going to be free from it. So that's the big difference with the addiction freedom program that I created is that we want you to not do something, but we don't want to create a void. And I think that 
going to AA and just taking away the alcohol or drugs and replacing it with a lot of really sad stories and a lot of destructive beliefs doesn't create the thing that you do want. The thing that you do want is to have a positive feeling of already having let go of alcohol in your life. But even more than that, what beyond that do you want? And what will you experience? And what do you want to feel good about? And what do you want to love about your life? It's not about loving the fact that you're free from alcohol or drugs. It's about what else is there. So that's what that's what you can do on your own is go into the future when you're totally free from alcohol or drugs. Experience yourself doing something that's accomplishments and, and pride and having fun and challenging yourself. And then have that be the thing that drives you and makes it automatically easy for you to let go. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up and just let all of you know that the ones that I talked about, your problem, that you do have a nice little prize coming that you can, the $50 gift certificate, you can spend it on whatever you want in any of the courses. It has to be on that course site that you see the link to there. So I am just really honored and proud to be able to peek into your personal life and help you out a bit and give you some ideas of what could help you feel better, live better, be happier, smile more. Yeah, so I I thank you. You guys have an amazing day. And any questions that you have for the next What's Your Problem, (laughs) you can just put them in the discussion area on this page where the podcasts are. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or somewhere else, here's where you need to go to get to the comment and discussion area so you can ask questions as well. Go to wendy.thinkific.com. Dot com. So it's Wendy, W-E-N-D-I dot thinkific, which is thinkific dot com. And of course, don't put the W's in that because that's a, already a subdomain. So Wendy dot thinkific dot com. All right. Great to have you listening. And I always love your comments, questions, and suggestions. So I'm always here for you to do that. Now I need some clever way to wrap this up. (laughs) Hmm, okay. I'm, I'm not having clever ideas for how we're going to end this, so I'm just going to ask you to give some thought to everything you've just heard and experienced and actually apply it to yourself. Don't just think, oh yeah, that sounds good. Replay this podcast and experience it for yourself or go to the page at wendy.thinkific.com and let yourself do some of the courses that are free there and get some benefit out of all the free stuff that's there. There's free self-hypnosis, free deep trance sessions. Um, Many of the courses have free sessions in them, and you'll see them as you go through them. Anyway, you have a fabulous day. I'm grateful that you are here and grateful for you, and I'm just really excited to help you out in any way I can. All right, you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye. All right. Great to have you listening. And I always love your comments, questions, and suggestions. So I'm always here for you to do that. Now I need some clever way to wrap this up. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. 
I'm, I'm not having clever ideas for how we're going to end this, so I'm just going to ask you to give some thought to everything you've just heard and experienced and actually apply it to yourself. Don't just think, oh yeah, that sounds good. Replay this podcast and experience it for yourself or go to the page at wendy.thinkific.com and let yourself do some of the courses that are free there. And get some benefit out of all the free stuff that's there. There's free self-hypnosis, free deep trance sessions. Um, Many of the courses have free sessions in them, and you'll see them as you go through them. Anyway, you have a fabulous day. I'm grateful that you are here. I'm grateful for you. And I'm just really excited to help you out in any way I can. All right, you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.